morning, everyone. Welcome to Church Online today. We are so glad you decided to join us. We want to encourage you to make the most out of it. Church is always better with people, so grab everyone in your house and watch it together. We invite you to participate. Sing with the worship and even answer back with the message. Take notes and participate like you normally would. You can even discuss it with people who also watched. Okay, so service is about to start. Gather your family, get your coffee, turn up the volume, and share the stream.
I won't be formed by feelings I hold fast to what is true And the cross brings transformation I'll be crucified with you Cause death is just a doorway To resurrection life If I join you in the suffering Then I'll join you when you rise When you return in glory With all the angels and saints My heart will still be singing My song will be the same Oh, Christ be magnified Let His praise arise Christ be magnified in me Oh, Christ be magnified The altar of my life Christ be magnified Church exists to be a safe place for people to find and follow Jesus. Thank you for your faithfulness and your giving. Your generosity allows Life Church to help people find God and ultimately make disciples. Well, we've made it really easy for you to be a part of that mission. You can give at lifechurchhw.com, text any amount to 84321, or just simply click the link below. Thank you so much for your generosity. If you are new at Life Church, or this is your first time, we want to begin by saying thank you for joining us. We would also like to send you a gift by email for choosing to be with us. You can fill out the connection card by texting CONNECT to 407-543-1423. Or, even easier, scan the QR code that's on the screen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us. Now, let's join Pastor Brandon. Well, good morning, Life Church, and again, thank you for watching uh, this morning. And I trust that you've already been blessed. And uh, well, as we this morning, we're going to be continuing our series that we started several weeks ago now, uh, talking about the things that really uh, matter at, at our core here at Life Church, the things that drive us to do what we do. Um, but before we get into there, you know, these things we've been talking about are really things that we uh, talk about in what we call our life tracks. And uh, life tracks are, is, is a thing that we've put together of four lessons that help you understand uh, life church and, and, and ultimately why we do what we do here. It is also the avenue with which someone becomes a partner or what we some would call a member of a church. Um, so it, it, it's kind of one of those first steps for someone to go through um, as they come to Life Church, and, um, and it's where we kind of really get in and talking about everything that Life Church is about, what fuels us, and what drives us. And uh, throughout the pandemic, though, we haven't been able to have our normal life tracks, and so we are in the process uh, of creating this in a video format. 
Our goal is to have life tracks up and available on our new website by the end of October. Uh, it, it, there is some great stuff. Here over the last few weeks, we've been looking at some of these different aspects. We go into really some really specific details regarding Life Church in our Life Tracks information that everybody needs to be a part of. Everybody that wants Life Church to call Life Church their home needs to go through Life Tracks. Uh, so I would encourage you to do that and be listening as we um, announce when that will become available online for you to register and to go through that through our website there. And if you haven't checked out our new website, you need to check that out. Uh, it's going to be kind of the hub for everything Life Church now. And it, it is a, it's a great resource and a tool for us. Uh, well, you know, over the last uh, few weeks, several weeks, we've been teaching on the four aspects that we teach in Life Tracks uh, because, like I already said, <laughs> they are so important to us in the mission of the church, how we ultimately are going to fulfill that mission that Jesus gave us to go and make disciples. Well, you know these things by now, and it is find God. You know, we want everyone to have the opportunity to find God and to know Him personally in their life. We also then, from there, the last few weeks, we've been talking about freedom. We want everyone, after they come and know God and know Him in, in, in a personal way, then to know what it is to live in freedom. And you know, um, when, it, when it comes to freedom, we've really learned here in the last few weeks that um, uh, you can know God and not know freedom. And that freedom comes, God, the way God has designed that is for us to find freedom in the context of relationships with others around us. So today, we're going to be moving on to the next area and uh, that, that is just of vital importance to the follower of Jesus, and that's discovering purpose. You know, all of us figuring out why God made us and the way we're made, discovering your purpose is so important. It's so important. And here's the thing, discovering your purpose and figuring out what your spiritual gifting is are are they really are one and the same. They, they go hand in hand. The spiritual gift or gifts that God has given his followers are the avenue with which they live out the will of God and make a difference in the world around them. You know, it is, it is thought, though, that less than 20% of people that say they're Christ followers actually know not only what their purpose is, but what their spiritual giftings are. And really, some really believe that even 20% is probably stretching it. Very, very few people that know Jesus really know why they're made, why, what their design is, and what their purpose is in life. If the follow, and here's, here's the thing, guys. You know, if, if the followers of Jesus don't know the giftings that, that God has given them, if they don't understand their purpose then it makes sense that they would never be able to make a difference in the world around them for the kingdom of God. So let's look at Romans chapter 12 today. And today and over the next uh, week or so, we're, we're going to be diving in in this thing of discovering your purpose. And we're going to see what uh, Paul has to say about this, starting in Romans chapter 12. And really today, just verses 1 and 2. Paul says here, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. 
Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, I love, I love this portion of Scripture. You know, Romans 12, the whole chapter is so rich for the follower of Jesus. Verses 1 and 2 here are probably the most popular verses in the chapter. But what they do is they set up the next several verses that where Paul is teaching about the spiritual gifts. But he doesn't just dive in there. He starts with these two verses where he is, he is appealing to the followers of Jesus there and, and for, for them to present their bodies as a living sacrifice to God. I think we need to lean into what Paul wrote here in the first couple of verses before we dive into the specifics of the gifts. There is a thought that jumps off the page to me in these first couple of verses, and that is the idea of surrender. You know, surrender in our world, a lot of that we, we it, it, it has a negative tone, doesn't it? You know, to surrender means that you've lost and, and that someone has conquered you or you, you've lost the game or, you know, to where you, you know, surrender has this negative connotation in the world around us. But in God's economy, in the way God views things, in the surrender that God is talking about right here, it's the doorway to greatness. It's the doorway to finding your purpose. Surrender happens before you can discover that purpose. Surrender. You know, it, it makes me think of the time um, uh, of, of a few different times where I had, I had come to a point in life where I just I had to come to a point whether I was going to surrender to what God wanted for my life or whether I was just going to continue to do what I wanted for my life. And uh, the, really the biggest thing that jumps off, jumps, when I think about that, is um, when, when it came to starting Life Church. And, uh, you know, I was on staff at Parkcrest uh, up there in Springfield, Missouri. And, you know, life was great, had a great ministry and had a lot of great people around me. And, but, and, and, but God had been developing and doing so many things in, in my life personally and growing me and, and, and on top of that, growing the ministry around us that he began doing some things, you know, stirring up some stuff in me uh, that I never, ever would have ever dreamed for myself. I, this was being a pastor and uh, starting a church was nothing that I would have ever dreamed of doing up until five years ago. This was not on my radar whatsoever to do this. I love leading worship. I love leading college students. I love doing every all the other things that God had, you know, opened up the doors for us to serve. When it came to this thing of starting a church, you know, I, you know, you know, one of the first things I told God, I'm like, God, I am not equipped to do this. This isn't my purpose. This isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I'm not gifted in this way to do this. But God made it very, very clear that the next step of my life back in 2015 was to step out of my comfort zone, to surrender what I thought was best for me, and to step into what God had, to surrender security, surrender all those things that I like to hold on to, to, to lose control, to, 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 to stop trying to control things and just surrender and trust God with those next steps. And, and you know what was pretty cool? I, I could either, it, it came to the crossroads one night 
um, where Stacy and I were out on a walk, and I, I might have told this story before, um, but you know, it, it was on a walk one night, and man, we had been praying really for a couple months about this thing, about going off and starting a church and, and moving down to Florida here. And um, there was a night where we're, we're walking through the community, and, and Stacy just just looked at me and said, "What's holding you back?" And I, honestly, I just looked at her and, you know, me with tears in my eyes and, and just said, you know, what if we fail? I don't feel equipped to do this. I don't feel like I can. And she just looked at me and said, but if God's calling you to do it, you got to do it. You got to surrender. And I'm so thankful for that. And, you know, something I learned right there. And then, and then that was like where I said, okay, and just surrendered to what God had for me next. And it, it, there, there was something that I learned because uh, I didn't believe I was equipped, that I didn't have the gifts in order to do this thing. Well, I, I learned that giftings can change and develop over time in our lives. Do you realize the way that you're gifted today may not be the way you're going to be gifted down the road? God is probably going to, as you lean into him and grow, he's probably going to add other gifts I could not have done this years ago, 20 years ago, when Stacy and I first drove off into ministry and, 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 and was uh, there in our first ministry and even our second ministry. I could, there, there's no way, I, I wasn't gifted in order to do these things at that point. But as we step in, you, you, you might have heard this phrase before, God's callings or God's enablings. And it is so true whenever you live that. God enables us and he gifts us to do the things that he calls us to do. We just got to be willing to surrender to what he has. And it make, makes me think about that. There was a time our family went to, um, actually I've been down there a couple times, to Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And there in, in Eureka Springs, they have this thing known as the Passion Play that is really huge down there. It's a big outdoor theater. And uh, they do an outdoor reenactment of the life of Jesus. Uh, but but it, you'd always get there early, and they had like an old temple set up of the old Old Testament temple system that to where you could go and kind of see what that look, what would have looked like back in the day. And but and, and then one particular section of this kind of area that they had set up, they um, always had a guy that they would come out, and there was a potter uh, and a potter's wheel. And this guy would come out, and he would sit there at the old-fashioned potter's wheel. And he would take that clay and then he would, while he was talking and talking about the potter and the clay and all these things, he would just sculpt, you know, different pottery there while he was talking about it and giving these biblical principles that the Bible talks about in this area. And, um, and it, it just really uh, jumps, it, it, it is one of those things that um, I always look back on, you know, it kind of really made an impression on me back there. Now, this was probably 20 years ago now. But looking at that potter's wheel, and you may have seen, you know, pottery being made. You know, you got that disc and it spins. And on the old, uh, on the really old ones, man, they got to uh, move their foot. That 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 makes that potter's wheel turn, and and they can control the rate of speed the potter does. And then he gets that clay and puts it on there, and he shapes it and and does whatever with it. But I, but I remember this guy as as he was doing what he was doing with the clay, shaping and forming it and, and doing all the things that, one of the things that really made me, uh, it was really interesting, is that, you know, whenever they're forming that clay, that that clay has to be in the center of that wheel. And that any time the clay would get off center, the clay, it would kind of just get all out of form, you know. It wouldn't retain its form the way it's supposed to. 
But it was so cool, whenever that uh, potter, he'd get that clay and he'd put his hands around that clay and just with the slightest movements, he'd be able to form that clay into a vase or a jar or a plate or whatever it was that that master potter wanted to do with it. You know, there, there, there's so much I think that we can learn from that, you know, because that the uh, potter there on the potter's wheel, he, he takes clay and he shapes it. And then whenever he gets it to what he wants, and then it gets placed in the fire, you know, and then then that fire, you know, it burns off all it, it hardens it and it, it, it gets rid of all the impurities. And then then again, it gets washed and polished and and all the things. And this thing that started out as just clay, which, which is really just mud, right, turns into this beautiful thing. Why? Because the hands of the skillful hands of the potter. Simple clay can become a masterpiece in the hands of a potter. A seemingly pile of mud can be something can become something of significance when surrendered to the potter. The difference between mud and art is one simple thing: the potter. The potter wants one thing: he wants clay. He doesn't want steel. He doesn't want oil, and he doesn't want rock. He wants clay. He wants something that he can put his hand, put, put in his hands and mold and fashion. This is the stuff he is after. He's after clay. And here's the thing. God wants to work with human beings. When we're talking about the potter and the clay, really we're talking about God being the potter and us being the clay here. You know, the potter knows what the piece will look like when it is finished. The pottery doesn't tell the potter what it should be. It's in the potter's hands that it becomes what it should be. The same is true when we are surrendered to God. We may not understand what God is trying to form and to make us into, but when we, but when we surrender and trust the hands of a loving God, we can rest assured that he is in the process of creating a masterpiece, a masterpiece of significance. God, God ultimately is what then ultimately breathes life into the clay. Just like in the garden, whenever he created Adam from the dust of the ground and breathed life into him. God is what brings life and in turn brings significance to that life. But that significance happens through surrender. You may be wondering, what does this have to do with my spiritual gifts and my purpose in life? Well, ultimately has everything to do with it as a follower of Jesus. For you see, for, for, for too many followers of Jesus, they imagine and try to be something and fashion themselves in a way different than the design that God has for them. Do you understand that? But when we learn to be surrendered to the potter, to the hands of God, and how he has designed each of us to function then we can embrace the purpose for which he made us. Not trying to be something we are not. He want, God does not desire us to be something that he has not made us. And the only way that, that happens is when we are surrendered to the potter and allowing him to create in us what he wants to create. Then when you discover the purpose for your life, the giftings that God has given you, then it is our responsibility and my responsibility as a pastor to encourage one another, to encourage one another to develop that gifting, to develop what God has begun there. Paul tells us in another portion of Scripture there in 2 Timothy 1.6, 
to his 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 protege per se, his his preacher boy. He, he there Timothy and Paul tells him this. He says, "For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you." Paul's Paul's telling Timothy, "You are gifted. Now fan into into flame." Make sure you're pouring oxygen on the flame, developing that gift that God has given to you. We need to be encouraging others in their giftedness. You may ask, though, what is my gifting? Well, a a person's gifting is typically going to run close to their passions, to what they are passionate about, the thing or things that motivate you to action in life. My desire here at Life Church is to empower, empower each and every follower of Jesus in their passions and in their giftings. To empower them and unleash them. You know, Paul also said in Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 11 and 12, and he's talking to the church here, and he's talking to the followers of Jesus in the church there at Ephesus. And he says, and he gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. Did you get what Paul said there? He said that if you're a follower of Jesus, you know what your title is? You're a minister. That's pretty cool, isn't it? You know, people call me a minister because because this is my vocation, right? This is what I get paid to do. This is what I do on a daily basis. I get to minister. I get to minister to people. I get I I've been called a minister of the gospel for over the last 20 some years, almost 25 years now. But here, Paul Paul says Paul calls if you a minister because as a follower of Jesus, that is who you are. So I want to so I want to help you embrace who God says you are. You know the church that functions at the highest level is the church where people know how they're gifted, they know their purpose, they're empowered, those gifts are fanned, they're, 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 the, 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 the flame is being fanned there, and then they're released to make a difference in those giftings. It starts with surrender though. The ministries that that this church will be involved in and has been involved in and will be involved in in the future, do you know what they're going to be based upon? They're going to be based upon the giftings that God has placed in each and every person in our church. It's not a predetermined thing of, you know, we come into this and we have some ideas of what we'd like to accomplish. But ultimately, it's part of my job to help people unearth the giftings that God has placed within each and every one, and then come along and then empower them to step into those giftings in order to make a difference. And it's an incredible thing when God does just that. We got some things to uh, uh, be watching here in the next couple of weeks. We got some pretty cool um, uh, announcements to make regarding some things coming up in the fall. Uh, because of this very thing of people stepping into their gifting, stepping into their calling. And because of that, God has opened some huge doors for us this fall. But you know what? The, the uh, church is a beautiful thing 
when the saints, when the followers of Jesus lean into their giftings, their passions, the things that break their heart, when they look out into the world, and then, and, and then when, they, when, when they see that brokenness, they, they have to do whatever is necessary to make those things that are wrong, those things that are broken, and make them right. You know, there are a lot of great organizations in our world that do a lot of great things and there for humanity to try to right the wrongs. But you know, the thing that separates the church is that we add and bring the piece of the puzzle that others do not. And that's the gospel, the good news of Jesus. We bring, we add, it, 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 that, that, that's the transformational piece that other people miss. It's Jesus. We add Jesus to that, to everything that we do. Why? Because he's the hope of this world, right? So today, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to surrender. Remember, Paul, where we started in Romans there, and we're, we're, we're going to be diving in deeper here, here over the next few weeks. You know that, that he challenged them to, to present their bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is their reason, reasonable service, their, their spiritual worship to him to just present themselves to him, to surrender their life to him, you know, because they, they, there was some preparation work that, that needed to be happen, to happen there in their lives and in our lives in turn today in order for us to ultimately be ready to discover our purpose, to discover those giftings in our lives. So I want to challenge you today to surrender. To surrender. Look up to God. Talk to him. Surrender to his desires for your life. Place yourself on that potter's wheel and allow God to form you, shape you, and show you the purpose for which he has made you. You know what? You may be watching this. You may know exactly what your purpose is. You may know what your spiritual gifting is, and, and, and I'm thankful for that. But here's the thing. You're not a finished product yet either. And I, I want to challenge you to continue to lean in as well and then to constantly be placing yourself on that potter's wheel. And allowing him to continue to mold you and shape you and, and you know, you continue on in the masterpiece and in the work that has already begun. You know, Paul tells us, you know, it's not in the notes right here, it's not on the screen, but 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 he tells you tells us here that uh, also that um, he which began a good work in you is gonna be faithful to complete it. You're not a finished product, I'm not a finished product. And I can't wait to see what God does in your life, in our church over the next few weeks as we talk about these things. Because I'm telling you what, as we step in and we lean into this and we learn what surrender is, man, we will change the world. Our communities will be different. Our families will be different. We'll make a difference for the kingdom. So what's your purpose? What's your purpose? Well, it all begins with the relationship with Jesus. So do you know him? Do you have a relationship with him? Have you chosen to follow him? If not, you can do that today. You can just come to him. And it, 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 it's really the first step in surrender and just surrendering your life, saying, God, I need you. I'm messed up. I'm a sinner. I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for what he's done for me on the cross. And I want to be yours. I want to follow you. You surrender that. You know, the Bible tells us that you then become his child. You then step into relationship. It's the most incredible thing in all the world. If that's you, man, we, we, we want to celebrate with you. And uh, here today at Life Church, 
Um, and here online, you're going to be able to see this next week. But out, out live, uh, we're actually going to be baptizing uh, here today uh, a couple individuals that have chosen to take that step to choose to follow Jesus. There's nothing more exciting in all the world for me uh, here, here at Life Church to see that happen. It's a party. It's an exciting time. So we want to celebrate with you. If that's your decision to follow Jesus, just let us know in the comments. Reach out to us through our website. Man, we want to celebrate with you. We want to walk alongside you. We want to help you in your relationship. Thank you again for joining us here today. Let's pray as we close out. God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for loving us like you do. God, we pray, uh, Lord, that, that you would just do something incredible here amongst us. God, there in living rooms and homes or wherever people are watching this from, God, I pray that they would know what it is to just surrender their life to you. Lord, Lord so that you could show them their purpose. God, I pray that each and every one of us would be willing to place ourselves there in the potter's hands, there in the middle of the potter's wheel, and allow you to create in us what you want to create in us. God, and we're thankful for you. We're thankful uh, for Jesus. Lord, we are thankful for the opportunity to know you, for the opportunity to have a relationship with you. So God, I pray that you would do your work in people's lives here. God, we'll give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I trust you'll have a great week this week. We love you and we'll see you soon.